0: Welcome to My Story, a show dedicated to sharing incredible stories of people just like you and me. In this world, there are few things as powerful or convincing as a story. So it's our goal here on this show to inspire, challenge, and stretch you through some amazing stories. Today on My Story, we go back to the spring of 2006 to hear the story of an average 165-pound college senior at the University of Southern California. His job was to cover the number one football team in the nation, as a newspaper reporter for his school's paper. But suddenly, to his surprise, he finds himself not just writing a story, but actually caught up in a much bigger story.
1: I'm Ben Malcolmson, and this is my story.
0: As a student at USC, Ben excelled in journalism. He quickly rose through the ranks of the sports department and covered the USC Trojans football team for three years. It was a coveted college job. He got to travel with the team and rub shoulders with some of the best coaches and players in the country. USC was at the height of a college football dynasty, having won the national titles in 2003 and 2004, and just barely losing the national championship game in 2005. Ben had garnered some notoriety as a sports reporter, having written an article where he followed head coach Pete Carroll for a whole day. Things were looking up for Ben as he was in the last semester of college and approaching graduation when he saw an ad for the walk-on football tryout in his school newspaper and had an idea for one last great article before he graduated. Ben decided that he would go incognito and quietly go through the tryout to capture the struggles and hopes of athletes trying to get on the team. Walk-ons are far removed from the glints and glamour of being a major college star. If you can even make the team as a walk-on, you still have to pay your own college tuition and do not get a lot of benefits that a player with a scholarship gets. You work just as hard as everyone else and sometimes even harder, but without any real hope or promise of making the team. It would make a great story to chronicle the journey of a walk-on for Ben, but before he could do it, he got Coach Carroll's blessing. On the day of the tryout, Ben lined up with 40 other people hoping to get one of the seven open walk-on spots. Even though these players didn't have a scholarship to be on the USC football team, many of the people in this tryout were standout high school athletes. In fact, the year before this tryout, future NFL Pro Bowler Clay Matthews had did the same tryout and made the team. But for Ben, this was just a newspaper story and nothing else. What else could there be?
1: There was zero thought at all that it was even possible because two months earlier, it was USC versus Texas. and A lot of people say it's the best college football game that's ever happened. And I mean, just the dramatic ending. And, and if USC would have held off Vince Young there at the end, they would have won three straight national championships. And that's never been done in college football. I mean, just this crazy time in, in USC. They had won three of the previous four Heisman trophies. I mean, it was just USC couldn't have been any higher, you know. And here I was trying out two months after that game. And there was zero thought on my mind that I could make the team because my only intention in being there was to write an article for the school newspaper there was zero thought of like oh well, maybe if things line up right i could make the team because i hadn't played football since fifth grade and here i was in senior in college so about 16th grade at that point you know and here i was 165 pounds i mean the, the smallest guy on the football team at the time was probably 180 185 pounds and he was a kicker you know and so i mean there was zero chance of me making the team at all and there, accordingly there was zero dream or zero thought in my mind that it could be a possibility
0: trial ended and ben had survived he was so sore that he could barely walk but he was happy a few days later ben got an unusual phone call in the morning from a person he hadn't seen in a while he asked him if he had tried out for the football team ben said yes he had for a newspaper article while well, his friend said that his name was on the list of the walk-ons that had made the team ben raced over on his bike to the football facility to see if his name was really on the list there it was From newspaper reporter to now member of the number one team in the country, Ben was suddenly caught up in a much larger story. Standing on the steps as if he retraced his name several times to make sure he really saw that Ben Malcolmson was on the walk-on list for the University of Southern California football
1: team, he
0: heard God whisper in his soul, I have a great purpose for you in this.
1: It was that moment when I saw my name on the list. It was it was a very divine moment. It felt like God's presence was so real and so with me. And I had this sense right away that I was there for a reason, that I was there for a purpose. And I I didn't know what it was at the time. And of course, as a, a twenty-one year old kid, I'm my my dreams start going and I'm like, wow, I'm on the football team, maybe I'm gonna get to suit up and play in a game, maybe, you know, and I'm I'm starting to dream the football stuff, but I knew that I had you there for a, a real deep purpose. And I was excited to figure out what that was.
0: Rewind for a moment back to 1997. Ben is a fifth grader playing peewee football outside of Chicago. You would expect a future Trojan to be out on the field scoring lots of touchdowns or dazzling the parents and kids in attendance, but not for Ben.
1: I hated football.
0: He hated every minute often crying in the car on the way to practice, begging his dad to let him quit. But his dad said their family didn't quit. So Ben stayed on the team throughout the season, only playing the league-mandated minimum plays that every kid has to play. Mercifully, the season ended, and so Ben thought his football career was over. Never could he have dreamed of what was ahead. So you can forgive him for not even entertaining the thought that he had a chance of actually making the team. What Ben was now starting to realize was the easy part was going to be actually making the team. But how was he now going to compete on the team? God had a purpose for Ben, but it sure didn't come easy. The team was loaded with 54 future NFL players he would be going up against some of the great defensive players in the country that would ring his bell over and over again in practice.
1: It was so hard. I mean, starting with, they hand me a playbook right away and I opened this playbook up and I mean, I had played Madden on the Xbox and all that, but like, you're just clicking a box there, you know? And then this is, I mean, this is like learning another language. It was so hard. And I was struggling just trying to learn the playbook. So mentally that was such a challenge. And then, I go get my helmet and my pads and I hadn't played football in 10 or 11 years, so I didn't know how to put those on. Uh, I mean, all these things that are just normal, everyday routine for all these guys are so challenging for me. And then I'm out there at the first practice and I get my belt rung. I'm laying there on the field. I'm just like, holy cow, am I going to be able to survive? You know, <laughs> like, I not only do I want to, like, be able to contribute to this team but I just I hope I can make it out of this alive it was an NFL team and then I mean I'm 165 pounds so I gotta go to the weight room and start putting some weight on and I didn't know how to lift weights I mean I was a cross-country runner in, in high school and so I mean you don't really lift weights you don't go into the weight room at all I'm learning how to bench press for the first time all these things that are just second nature to these guys are brand new for me so it was pretty funny and if I'm being honest I think there were definitely moments where I was like this is really hard I don't know if I belong here um but I I think it was that, that divine sense that I had just that he had planted in me that I was there for a purpose. And I think that really carried me through it all, that I just knew that I was there for a reason. And no matter how hard it was going to get, I knew he was going to carry me through it because he had a reason for me there. And I was eager to see what that was. And, I mean, there were definitely a lot of times where I was like, why am I doing this? This is so hard. I'm I'm hurting physically. I'm hurting mentally. Um I'm not sleeping well at night. My head's hurting. I mean, all these things. Um, But I just, I think looking back, I just had that that sense of purpose that really carried me through it.
0: Ben started in with the team. And over the next three weeks, he became more confident and loved every minute of the drills, warm-ups, and learning how to take hits. He was lifting weights for the first time in his life and learning how to play wide receiver, a position he never even played before. He was getting in the rhythm of spring practice and starting to feel like a member of the team. The dream of being on the team and even maybe seeing the field one day began to take root deep inside of him. But then, on a normal Thursday afternoon practice... On a simple play, it all changed. Near the end of this practice, in an 11-on-11 drill, coach put Ben in. Matt Sanchez was at quarterback, and Ben lined up at wide receiver. His job was to block a future third-round cornerback for three seconds. And as the play started, Ben got his hand stuck in the cornerback's shoulder pad. In the ensuing second, Keto Thomas flung his hand away. And in the force of the moment, Ben's shoulder dislocated completely. Pain exploded, and Ben crumpled into the turf. It was a serious injury, and possibly just as quickly as his football dream got started, it looked like his career may be over.
1: It was about a month into spring practice. I made the team in March, and then we started spring practice sooner thereafter. I'm out blocking a cornerback on play. a playoffs wide receiver, and I get my arm caught in his pad, and he rolls over me, and I dislocate my shoulder, and I have to go. Doctors rush me into the, the campus hospital there, and they basically, almost on the spot, they're like, "You need to get." reconstructive surgery like right away this is this is really bad and a couple days later I go into surgery and they reconstruct my shoulder and all that and it was it was devastating because I figured that that was I was off the team at that point because I mean the recovery was nine months
0: Ben had been told his college football career was over and along with it a nagging wrestling entered his mind he questioned God he thought God had said he had a purpose but how could this happen if he was injured he was told he would be out for nine months and USC could not afford to have his walk-on spot sit empty. So Ben had to turn in his playbook and all his gear. He was no longer a member of the team, though he could use their facilities for rehabbing. Ben was tenacious to not give up, and would literally sit for hours outside of Coach Carroll's office for the chance to speak to him, to ask if he could get healthy, could he still be a part of the team. There was only one option in Ben's mind, and that was rehab. So that is what Ben did. He put his heart, sweat, and tears into rehabbing without any guarantee that he would be back on the team if he actually got healthy enough to play.
1: But for some reason, I just kind of devoted myself to rehab. I I remember that Coach had said something. Coach Carroll had said something at at some point in spring practice where he says that you don't have to let doctors decide when you're going to be healed. You have the power. You can take their timelines and and say, no, I'm going to come back in less, less time than that. So... When a guy rolls his ankle and the doctor says he's going to be out for four to six weeks, you sometimes you see some football players get back in two weeks. And it's like, how the heck did they do that? And there's kind of this belief that, okay, I can get back, you know. And so I, I kind of subscribed to that. And I was like, okay, coach, I'm going to put you to the test here and see if I can get back faster than nine months. And thanks to a lot of people praying for me and uh, just God's miraculous healing, I was back in four and a half months. And it was just such a, a miracle, honestly. And it was it was just such a, a moment of God's glory because there's no way to explain it other than that. I, I couldn't have healed myself. Um, the doctors couldn't have done that in, in four and a half months. They, they said it was nine months. So he obviously wanted me back on that team for a reason. And uh, I was kind of refueled at that point because I, I knew I was there for a purpose. If, if he's going to bring me through an injury, okay, I'm really here for a purpose.
0: Miraculously, Ben was back on the team. He was living the dream as a member of the University of Southern California Trojan football
1: team. I mean, it was so fun being a part of the team again, suiting up uh, for even just going through practice. I felt like a kid, you know, just running through practice and getting to do all the drills and then hang out after practice, just throwing the football around. I felt like a kid playing catch with my dad, you know, it was just so fun. And there's just something special about college football. You know, college football is just, there's this camaraderie around it. There's this just pageantry around it. And, Game days on Saturdays. I mean, our stadium holds 92,000 people at the L.A. Coliseum there in, in L.A. and It was amazing. It was so fun. Get to run out of the tunnel wearing the Cardinal gold. It's stuff that you, you sit there watching on TV as a kid, and here I am actually participating in. It's incredible. And just six months earlier, I wasn't even on the team. I'd, I was just covering the team from the press box, you know, and here I am.
0: Ben's football abilities continue to get better as the season goes along. But there still is this nagging sense that God has a great purpose for him being on the football team, but what is it for Ben? it's hard to identify what God is up to and why God has him on this football team.
1: I knew that God had me there for a reason I just I was so eager to figure out what it was and being a an energetic zealous twenty one year old desperate to find my purpose i was I was just here we go let's let's figure it out and I' got an idea I'll start a Bible study for the team and i told all my teammates got a bible study lesson ready and the time comes for our first bible study and no one showed up and so i was obviously kind of doubting discouraged and just like okay I'm, i missed my purpose there like god what's my purpose like i, I swung and missed there like i got I, it's only strike one I, I got a couple more strikes here and i started a, a prayer group for the team i'll go this will be great the guys will come together we'll pray together before every game this will be really fun time comes for our first prayer meeting and no one else showed up it's just me and here I am again, kind of, God, I thought I was here for a purpose. I thought I was here for a reason. I'm just totally missing it. What's, what's going on? And so it was hard because, um, again, I'm just, I thought I was there for a reason. I just keep seeing failure. And then it hits me. I read in Matthew 5, it says, let your light shine before men. and It hit me that lights just shine. They just need to be a light. They don't need to go create events. They don't need to go do things. They just need to shine first and foremost. And that's what I needed to do. I just need to be a light to my teammates and just be a good friend, be a good teammate.
0: While Ben is struggling to find his purpose spiritually, an amazing groundswell of support from the USC student body that started with a few of his friends in particular begins to grow with the slogan, Get Ben In. They want to see Ben get into a college football game. The average college student can identify with Ben as he looks just like them or perhaps is even smaller than them. Flyers are hung all over campus. And then it's senior night. Number 6 Notre Dame, home of the greatest walk-on Rudy, comes to town to take on Number 3 USC. The likelihood that Ben could make the field feels almost impossible. But despite that, the community rallies even with a couple signs prominently displayed during college game day on ESPN. Everything about this story just doesn't seem to follow conventional wisdom.
1: Senior night our last home game of the year at the Coliseum and 92,000 people, at number 3 USC versus number 5 Notre Dame and it was a just a classic like top 5 matchup, prime time game, everyone on TV is watching it, you know. And, um, I accordingly had zero chance of making it into the game because I mean it's gonna be a close game and they're not gonna put me in unless we're up by fifty points. You know, I was the last guy on the bench, the the scrubbiest of all scrubs and I the team we needed to be up by a lot for me to get a top five matchup is just not gonna happen. But lo and behold, uh we pull away at the end, we're up twenty points, we get the ball back, we have two minutes left and student section is chanting get Ben in and uh it kinda of felt a little awkward for me because here I am <laughs> just some random guy on the football team, but the student section's chanting and it was just really special the coaches said benny you're in and i go in i make it for one play um sitting there lined up on the line of scrimmage as a wide receiver looking across there's the golden helmets notre dame and i mean it was it was cinematic it was one of those movie moments and it was just really really special because it was the kind of the completion of that campaign get ben in ben got in and it was a really special moment
0: The fulfillment of Ben's football journey was complete. He had made the field in the most unlikely football story. But this isn't just a football story. Remember when Ben found out that he was on the team and he felt God speak to him and say that he had a great purpose for him in this? So what was that purpose? Ben's efforts for a Bible study or something tangible just couldn't get anyone else to even show up. Then he had a big idea.
1: I could get an idea. We got chosen to play in the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day and a couple weeks before the Rose Bowl, I'll get an idea that um, everyone on the team needs to get a Bible. I had just read in Isaiah 55 that if his word goes out, it does not return empty. And so I, I was fired up. Like, this is this is it. Like, I, I'm i going to get in just in the nick of time. I'm going to figure out my purpose. Um, I'm so, so fired up. God had brought me through all these failures, all these things I tried to do and failed. But this was it. This was the reason I was on the team. And if his word goes out, it's not going to come back empty. And God is always faithful to his promises. And this is, this is his promise. Like he's not going to fail on this promise. And so I've got a hundred Bibles. I placed them in every guy's locker and I couldn't wait to see the fruit of this. I couldn't wait to see what God was going to bring out of this. And I go into the locker room the first day of, of Rose Bowl week, um, just on the, on December 26th, I couldn't wait to see what God had for, for us here. And I pull the door to the locker room and I see Bibles just shredded all over the floor, just pages ripped up. It was so crushing because I had poured my heart and soul into finding my purpose that whole season. And I tried the Bible study that failed. I tried the prayer group that failed. I tried to just be a good teammate, be a light. That failed. And now I put these Bibles out and that failed. And not just failed, but it failed just horrifically, like it was shoved back in my face, like You couldn't even see the carpet. All you saw was just shredded pages of Bibles everywhere. I mean, I just kind of gave up at that point. I only had a couple days left before the Rose Bowl. That was my last chance to be on the team. I guess I missed my purpose. And I guess I missed what God had me there for. And it was hard. It was really, really hard.
0: Ben gave up. He felt he had missed his larger purpose. He wasn't for sure what that was or what he could have done differently. But it appeared he had missed that purpose. Football-wise, he was gearing up for the Rose Bowl, in the dream of being on the sideline at the biggest college football game, but he felt empty. The Trojans in that game defeated Michigan and finished their season 11-2 and two and at number four in the final AP ranking. The season was over. He had completed his football journey, and while he felt like a football success, he felt more like a failure spiritually. Then a few weeks after the season was over, he got a dreaded phone call.
1: A couple of days after the game, I'm home, and I get a phone call telling me that Mario, our kicker, had passed away just tragically in the middle of the night. And um, it was so, so hard for me because he was one of my closest friends on the team. He was 21 years old, same age as me, and he had just mysteriously died the night before. On top of that, I mean, I didn't know where he was at spiritually. I mean, he was one of my closest friends, but um, we never really had like a deep conversation at that point, and Sure, I'd invited him to a Bible study, I had invited him to a prayer group. I had tried to be a good friend to him. I put a Bible in his locker, but it sure looked like all those things had failed. So I didn't really know what what to really make of it all, and it was it was really hard for me, um, just facing a lot of discouragement, a lot of defeat at that time. And we go to his funeral a few days later, and we're, we're sitting there as a team, and they carry his casket down the center aisle, and on top of his casket was the Bible that I had placed in Mario's locker, and there it was resting on top of mario's casket and it i had no idea what it meant really at the time but it was just god's personal touch for me it really felt like god was just comforting me um in that moment because when i saw that my whole soul my whole spirit just totally flipped and it was like wow like god is so real and so good that he would comfort me in that way in that time um that helped me kind of wrestle with grief and, and move through that and find comfort and really just process all that and
0: Ben felt some sense of closure seeing his Bible on Mario's coffin that day. It felt the story was over. Life went on. A few months after the season, Ben ran into Coach Carroll, who wanted him to stop by his office. Coach had an idea to hire Ben to write about the team from the inside and also serve as his assistant. Ben jumped at the dream job. He stayed with Coach Carroll for the next several years at USC, and when he became the coach of the Seattle Seahawks in the NFL— Ben was invited along to work for the Seahawks. Ben now finds himself in a brand new city without knowing anybody.
1: It was really hard for me because I was in my mid twenties at that point. And just like socially, it's kind of an awkward time to make a move because either people are with their college friends or they're kind of couples and married with kids and all that. And so I was just like, man, how do I make friends? And I run across a guy who start, starts telling me about this group called Young Life it's a high school mentorship program. It's, it's kind of a big in certain pockets of the country. And, um, and it was really big in, in this area. And I was like, whatever it is, I'm in because I need something to do with my time. And I show up at this leader meeting, just kind of get some information about it. And a former teammate of mine walks in at the same time. And I'm like, what the heck? This guy's name is Taylor. He was our putter on the team. And I'm like, what the heck, what is he doing here? This is crazy. I haven't seen him in four years. And, but the last time we saw each other was at Mario's funeral, and so I'm just like blown away. And So we kind of remove ourselves from this meeting. We're catching up, and he starts telling me that his life had totally turned around the last few years. And I was like, "Well, what what happened?" He's like, "Do you remember the last week around the team? We had our Bibles in all of our lockers, and I hadn't thought about the, those Bibles in years. I mean, it it really just the the shredded pages plus dealing with Mario's death. It was just it was too much for me to, for me to like constantly remember. So I just kind of that Bible that I placed in my locker that day, I took that and threw it in the back of my bookcase. I didn't want to really look at it, but Taylor starts telling me this and I'm like, I just got to play dumb. I don't know where he's going to go with this. And so I was like, yeah, I kind of remember those Bibles. I don't know. And he's like, well, he starts telling me that he grew up in a Christian home. He grew up going to church. And when he went to college, he just turned and ran from his faith. Kind of what we were talking about earlier, that college is is a hard time spiritually for a lot of people. They kind of of reach a fork in the roads, you know, and, I fortunately, God took me on a, a really uplifting, abundant life fork for me, and um, Taylor went the other way, and he kind of lived his own life in college. And um, here he is, a, a senior in college, and he sees a Bible in his locker that morning. And he's like, what the heck? Someone's trying to shove religion down my throat. What's going on here? And he took his Bible and threw it in the back of his locker. And I was just kind of confused, like, what the heck is a Bible doing in my locker? That's not what I want right now. Because for the last four years, he had lived life on his own terms and kind of walked away from God in a sense. And um, he's pushing the door to go out to the practice field that morning, and he hears a voice in the back corner of the locker room going, what is this? And so he recognized the voice, and he turned around, and it was Mario, our kicker, sitting in his locker, thumbing through the Bible going, what is this? And so Taylor Taylor and Mario were best friends. They were the punter and the kicker, and Taylor screamed across the locker room, Mario, are you an idiot? Have you never seen a Bible before? And Mario's like, no, what am I supposed to do with this? And so, for some reason, Taylor sets down his his pads and his helmet, and turns and walks back and sits down in the locker next to Mario. And for forty five minutes, takes him through the Bible, every word written and read of the words of Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior of the world, the one who came to die to make you right with God, die for your sins. And he's sharing the gospel with Mario. And I mean, he hadn't he hadn't gone to church in four years, he hadn't read the Bible in four years, he hadn't really been walking with God in four years but God just took over and all those seeds that were planted in his heart as a child, as a kid growing up, they came out bearing fruit in that moment. And God starts speaking through him, starts sharing truth through Taylor into Mario's life. And Mario's Taylor said for the rest of that week, Mario couldn't put the Bible down every spare moment he had, he was reading the Bible. And then when he wasn't reading the Bible, he's asking Taylor questions, tell me more about Jesus, tell me about God. He just couldn't get enough. And, it was it was just crazy because Taylor told me this story and Taylor says that a couple of days before the game, he Mario had encountered God in a real way and he had given his life to Jesus and had met God for the first time in his life. And then a few days later, he passes away mysteriously. Taylor gets the same phone call I did that, hey, Mario passes away. And in that moment, everything came into crystal clear focus for Taylor and he saw God's hand. He saw God be so real in those moments in those days just before Mario died. And in that moment, just Taylor recommitted his life to Christ and he saw and he encountered God in such a real way that he knew that God was real and that he wanted to give his life over to God in that moment. And so he's dealing with the the loss of a teammate, loss of one of his best friends. But in the moment he had seen God just at work in such a profound way and gave his life over to Jesus. And, he's telling me this story and he's he's saying that yeah my life hasn't been the same since i mean i just god is so real and so good and i'm just i'm on the verge of tears at this point i'm shaking. And, He's. I'm just like, Taylor, that's the craziest story I've ever heard in my life. And it's even crazier because I was the one that put the Bibles in the lockers, and I thought I had totally failed. That's the way our God works. I mean, He is doing things in our days that we wouldn't believe, even if we were told. He has purpose for us. Even when we can't see the fruit, even when we can't see the results, which is 99% of the time we can't see the fruit, but He's at work. It's so amazing how good He is and how He truly does have a purpose for each of us.
0: For all this time, Ben had felt like a failure, but suddenly he realized that he had actually achieved what God had asked him to do while becoming the most unlikely person ever to be on the football team for the USC Trojans. You've been listening to the incredible story of author and speaker Ben Malcolmson, who for the past eight years has worked as special assistant to Pete Carroll with the Seattle Seahawks. Ben's story is further chronicled in his new book, Walk On, From Pee Wee Dropout to the NFL Sidelines, My Unlikely Story of Football, Purpose, and Following an Amazing God. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, amongst other places where books are sold. On behalf of producer John Rowland, I'm Josh Miles. Thanks for listening to my story.